God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches. We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and he's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as he is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great he is, how big he is, how fast he is. And the Bible tells us that he loves us, he is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. All right, so this is the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And this is Calvin. And we're joined today... Jesse Shane. Jesse Shane Campbellino. What is up, brother? So Jesse... Yeah? ...is a cousin of mine. So growing up, uh, Jesse was like a brother to me and still is like a brother to me. We're always really tight. Jesse lives in Tennessee now, and not only is he family and a friend, but uh, I look up to him a lot just as uh, a man of God, so just wanted to bring him on today and have him share a little bit. Me and this guy went to uh, Uganda together, which uh, we had some crazy antics because we're two guys going to Uganda just out of like a, a heart of love, you know, and not not about anything religious and just because they want to and uh, to bless some people and, and spread the gospel, man. We had a blast, dude. I mean, we had we were just totally ourselves, and we just goofed off a lot. Some of the time, we goofed off, like on the way there, and then when we preached the when we preached the word, of course, we were serious. But we had a I had that was one of the best times of my life, Mozo. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Dude, it was crazy because uh, the whole time, I mean, Jesse has no shame. I don't think you ever had had any like degree <laughs> of shame in any way publicly. Um, but he would just like in the middle of like a public bus, just sit back. I mean, we're clearly the only white people, the only people <laughs> not from Uganda. And he would just like sit back, close his eyes and just start singing. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like everyone else is dead quiet. And here's this, yeah. this white Mazungu. That's what they call us white folk over in Uganda. Yeah. Oh, Calvin, dude, it was hilarious, man. One of the times we were in an Ethiopian airport, and we were waiting for a uh, like a uh, holdover flight to take off to go to Uganda. Uh-huh. And Josh had to use the bathroom, <laughs> so I thought I'd play a kind of like a prank on him. So the bathroom's like full of people, you know, and uh, Josh is in there taking a you know taking a poo, and so I walk in and I know he's in there. And I just say in like a a like a kind of like an accent, but I don't have one. But I was just like a Josh, Josh, and he goes yes, and I said hurry and poo, hurry and poo, and I was just yelling it at the top of my lungs, <laughs> and everyone in there was looking at me, and uh, and I kept saying it. I said hurry and poo, our plane is leaving, plane leaving, hurry and poo. And uh, man, people in there started kind of, kind of snick- like snickering, like they're trying to about to laugh, you know, and just smiling. <laughs> I, knew, I knew they thought it was funny. Anyone who understood English, and I just kept a straight face and walked right out. You did that for so long, dude. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, kind of just went with it, but 
so Josh, he, he comes out, Calvin, and he comes to me and is, he's just looking at me and shaking his head. And he's like, only you, man, only you. <laughs> Yeah. stuff like that we had, a, we had some good times it was what at the end of the trip jesse just looked at me and he was just like dude this whole time i've just been making it my goal to embarrass you as much as possible <laughs> i was like jesse i've i've grown up with you like this is what i expect you know like <laughs> jesse tell us a little bit about who is jesse uh i'm 33 years old and as josh said i live in tennessee and I am a father of one now, which is really uh, just stoked out about. It's really cool. I've been married to my beautiful wife for 11 years, which is really cool. And we dated for a long time before that. So uh, that's a little bit about me. We have a two-year-old now. And I am really focused on... Uh, following God maybe around seven years and before that my heart really wasn't in it so so Jesse can you walk us more through like your journey of coming to Christ oh sure man as I mentioned before about seven years ago eight years ago I was saved by God's grace uh, accepted Christ into my heart at a very young age uh, but I was uh, incredibly focused on myself and my self-effort, which got me so sidetracked that I just never felt good enough to be used by God. I never uh, felt like I added up. I never felt like I did enough, prayed enough, read enough, gave enough. I was so focused on self-effort and uh, didn't realize at all that I was, you know, almost faithless as far as uh, is focusing on growing my faith. I was more focused on uh, how I was doing, uh, good or bad, in a day-to-day -day, uh, case. Which so some days were good, and I would feel like I deserved something from God, and some days were bad. And I felt like I, you know, didn't deserve anything from Him. So uh, I would have helped anybody that asked me to like uh, change their car tire or if they needed a little you know, money to get by or anything like that. So it wasn't a selfishness as far as like that, that you could see on the surface, but, uh, under the surface, um, I was a very selfish person, but I didn't realize it at the time. I would have probably told you that I, I wasn't and that, uh, that I would, you know, help anybody that needed it. So that's the way I looked at it then. But my perspective from, uh, what I've learned since then and now, is, uh, and I'm still learning every day, but looking back, I can really see the difference between just being self-conscious so much uh, and the difference between being Christ-conscious now and uh, and then is just like night and day difference, man. I mean, absolutely night and day as far as your joy, the peace that's in my life now, and it's just so many things like I could go on and on about uh, that are different now uh, than before. So you can definitely tell like you were really um, stuck in a place of like works, like works based faith. Yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, and I knew about God's grace, uh, but it just wasn't my primary focus. Uh, I think that all of us just grew up as do good, get good and do bad, get bad. I mean, that's just the way life is. And that's a reality of life as you're growing up. So when you come into 
uh, knowledge of God's grace, you still have to root out the uh, do good, get good, do bad, get bad mentality uh, that is actually warring against faith, really, because you want faith and good works uh, mentality. They want the same thing. They want the the end result uh, to be uh, good and not evil. Uh, but how to get how to get there and how to go about uh, doing it are totally different when you're focused on uh, self-effort and when you're focused on Christ's efforts, Christ's love towards you. So, so Jesse, was there any particular thing that like was the change for you? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. So uh, before, like I said, I uh, I was like completely focused on uh, like trying to earn God's approval and like uh, trying to earn what I thought uh, his love was. So the, the shifting point was really when I started uh, seeking out and searching for messages from numerous uh, pastors and, uh, and uh, different people about the love of God. And I just started to get it through my head that, that you can never earn God's love and you can never earn his approval. And I've settled a few things in my heart that I'll just never go back on ever again. And some of those things are, like I mentioned, you can never earn God's love. You can never earn his approval. You can never uh, be deserving of a blessing. There's, there's nothing that you can do in self-effort to achieve anything from God. And uh, when I shifted my focus off of myself, and on to Christ and just His love for me, uh, I stopped trying to earn His love, and I feel like I went from feeling like I uh, needed to do something to get to heaven and went into um, wanting to do something because I've been given heaven. And the difference, like I said, was really night and day because I, for the first time in my life, I started feeling joy and peace that wasn't from uh, whether I thought I did good that day uh, and when the downs would come, uh, it really felt like um, I had to teach myself to my relationship with God was not um, affected by my mistakes and my failures. And uh, after I started doing that, I really noticed the biggest difference. And I think a lot about my character changed and uh, really the desire to want to uh share the gospel with people came to me for the first time. I never before uh, wanted to like uh, go to someone and tell them about God's love and, uh, and how it's available through faith in Christ. And now when I do it, I can tell that, you know, there's a huge change in me from before and after because it's something that I want to do. And it's not something that that I feel like I'm doing to get anything from the Lord. And I feel like I've already um, have everything he's ever going to give me in Christ. I feel like I really actually uh, came to value Christ just (laughs) a thousand times more. Uh, When I started focusing on him, I really just tried to start learning about him. Jesus really needs to be looked at as who he is. And uh, he's a God just like God. He is a creator. He is, uh, you know, the top of the ladder. There is no higher. Uh, and God has put him there. God has put him beside himself and said that this is 
what makes you right with me is what he's done. So, uh, so really, man, just my faith in Christ started to grow and I started to see also like just some simple things like, uh, just started to pop out in me in the old Testament. When you see, uh, a lot of the, uh, prophets, uh, you see that like a, a prophet would represent God to the people, you know, and a priest would represent the people to God. So, uh, whenever you read in the Old Testament, it seems like every time the high priest was good, uh, the people were blessed, and despite the people's crazy actions. And then whenever you see a, a high priest that was evil, that was no good, or a king, a le the leader representing the people to God was no good, then you see uh, whether the people were good or not. They had hell to pay, man, because it was just... Uh, all kinds of crazy bad stuff would come upon them. So when uh, when Jesus declares Himself as our High Priest, and uh, and you see that you know He's our High Priest forever, it's just obvious to me now that He represents me to God, and that I can uh, I can no longer not not ever be seen as just me again. I'll always be seen uh, through Christ, and uh, and that filter of of, of Christ eliminates anything that, you know, I've ever done wrong or could do wrong. And so my right standing or righteousness with God is my focus and my understanding of it is clear to me now. And it wasn't before it was real muddy, <laughs> real choppy waters before. And, uh, just, just my, I feel like, uh, my, my, my purpose, uh, on this earth, is very clear to me now and it wasn't before <laughs> and uh and i really never felt like it went like i was doing what i was called to do and and i like i said i i said i so many times in my description of what it was like to be self-conscious and that that just goes to show it was just i i i once i got through that and started focusing on uh christ and his love for me like uh everything changed <laughs> It's kind of interesting before like the whole let God die thing even came to fruition in any type of way. Like I've always liked asking people what their story is, you know, of coming to Christ. Um, and one thing that I'd ask a lot is how did you see God before coming to Christ compared to how you see him now? Um, and what was your understanding? And it's kind of interesting that that totally plays in with what we do now where uh, I see pretty much all of our stories as, you know, like actually coming to Christ as like a moment of letting our old perception of God die in a, in a sense. Uh, if I were to ask you that specifically, how did you see God beforehand? How did your old perception die off? Like, I know you talked a lot about seeing your own effort and your own works mm -hmm. and that changing, but how did you see God previously? I didn't see him really as like a, a father figure. Mm -hmm. uh, I seen him more as like a someone that I, I couldn't relate to at all that uh, I could never live up to. And I think that the biggest thing is that I seen him as a God of like uh, expectations. I just felt like uh, he was a God that expected so much. I didn't really know how to meet those expectations. So that's why I always felt uh, like, you know, a failure uh, and didn't really have uh, a good understanding of my identity 
and I think that I was uh, inwardly focused because I, I, I didn't know that, that that's exactly what Satan really wanted was for me to uh, keep my eyes on me and, uh, and off, of, off of him. So in the short answer, I, I, I saw him as a God of like high expectation, um, which I could never uh, live up to. Right, and how do you see him now, like in comparison? Now I see him as uh, a loving father uh, who, you know, if if he wanted to teach me not to, you know, play in traffic, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't push me out in it. And I see him that as a as a father who would never bring anything uh, hurtful to me. Uh, this fallen world that I've, that we all live in now um, that as things happen in this world, he surely uses bringing me through them to teach me things, but he never brought the, uh, the, the bad things to me. And, uh, I don't see him as, as the, uh, underlining reason, uh, for negative things that happen in my life. So I stopped blaming God a lot. Um, and I see him as just a, a loving father, um, with, uh, and instead of the expectations to be uh, directly related to my what I what was the before and after, instead of seeing him as a god of like high expectations of my my efforts, uh, I see him as a god who has high expectations uh, for us to believe in someone else's efforts and someone else's performance. The only people that really that Jesus ever got angry with. Uh, were people who didn't really want or act like they needed a savior, and they they really wanted to perform on their own uh, to achieve something from God. And even the money changers that he got so angry at uh, were trying to do something to to achieve forgiveness for their sins. You know, you know, I just see God as someone who expects us to rely and trust on and see the value in Christ. And, uh, and I just think that when we, when we don't do that, instead of it being, um, instead of it being, uh, negative on our performance, it's really just a, uh, a reflection of what we, where our uh, focus is like our, our, uh, our focus is obviously off of him. And, uh, so I don't see him as having expectations of our performance at all um, and just having an expectation for us to believe and, uh, and stay focused on our faith and that that faith will uh, naturally produce us wanting to do what's right. So what's right will end up happening. It's not because we're trying to achieve heaven. It's because we've been given heaven and that makes us uh, have the joy and peace to want to do the right thing. So I guess I just don't see him as a God of, um, of expectation. I see him as a loving father now. I'm sure things have probably even changed like since you've become a father in some type of way. I mean, I know Oakley's still a little guy, but I mean, I hear dad say that kind of thing all the time, just like that. Yeah. No matter what their kid does or who they become, you know, like they have, hopes and uh you know desires for them but yeah they're still their they're still their boy they're yeah. gonna love them regardless you know um and just seeing it as like god delighting in 
in us, you know, um, as his children. And sure, he has desires for us. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I always come back to the to the fact that like God just gives us opportunity after opportunity where I'm like, man, if it were up to me, I would have just eliminated me, you know, Come on, man. thousands of times yeah. ago where <laughs> just blows my mind. Looking at your story and then what you, when you brought up, you know, the people that Jesus came against who uh, were doing all the right things, but like were, you know, they were coming from a point of like thinking that they actually were earning his approval um, where you're coming from a point of like, trying to earn his approval, but feeling like you're not, you know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. both sides of the equation, it's coming from like a pridefulness, like that's focused inwards. Um, you know, like the one, a very like pompous, <laughs> uh, inward focus, the other, a very like discouraged inward focus. Um, it's just kind of a wild thing, you know, just to find yourself in the balance there. I, I also uh, wanted to touch on um, just how, uh, like what you just mentioned, um, that there's the inward focus is also in uh, in your good performance, and I think that a lot of people um, just uh, think that like inward focus about the negative is is uh, what we uh, we talk about the most, but um, I also think that. Like for example, um, when Adam and Eve ate from the knowledge of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, the Bible says that the the knowledge of uh, good and evil was not good for man, and not just evil. So I think that even the knowledge of good, you know, Adam and Eve didn't have the knowledge of of good uh, either before uh, they fell, and I think that. Like the knowledge of good is uh, equally, if not more, uh, harmful to us in our walk if if we're inwardly focused, because then uh, you get and um, you get the feeling that you deserve something from God because of how good you've done, and it's still the most selfish, inward uh, way of thinking um, when you do something right to think that now God will surely answer my prayer uh, because I've done this thing and or I've achieved this thing. And uh, just that expectation, as I mentioned before, is not just on a negative level, but it's on a good level too, to expect that God has to do this now because I've done this is really uh, knowledge that's not good for us to be focused on. And never was, and uh, I think that, you know, um, as a Christ follower now, uh, like I said, I I do the things for people, and I do good things because I want to, uh, not because I have to, uh, to earn anything from Him, and not because I need to, to, you know, get Him to do something back for me. So I think that on on both sides, it's really um, the... The big picture is just uh, self-focus. I mean, I feel like you, what you were saying about like the good, uh, like the good being bad is also like I feel like a way people 
uh, try to manipulate and use that to say as if like a good deed cancels out a bad deed. So if I do good things, then maybe God will overlook my bad things. Or like, you know, if I do good deeds, you know, maybe God will overlook like, you know, my personal sins and things of that nature, which is totally false. I mean, like, you know, we, we, our good deeds are like filthy rags, like the Bible says, like before God, like, and even in us doing them, we're not doing them for his glory. We're doing them for ourselves to make ourselves appear holy or appear in a place that we're actually not. Calvin um, said it perfectly there. It, it it really is, uh, good or bad. It's, 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 uh, it's just a, uh, it's an appearance, whether it be for ourselves or for others, um, when we do something good that, we uh, we either want to be seen as that that good person we're perceiving, or uh, that we want to be perceived as, or we uh, want to think of it as being good ourselves, like a mm-hmm. uh, like uh, our own way of thinking about ourselves. In other words, yeah, like as if we're capable of doing any moral good outside of what we know good to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's this guy named Anthony DeMello that. I quoted on the last podcast that I'll probably quote a lot. He's brilliant. But this is from a book of his. He says, when someone tells you how special you are, all that you can accurately say is, this person gives his particular taste and needs, desires, appetites, and projections, has a special desire for me, but that says nothing about me as a person. Someone else will find me quite unspecial, and that too says nothing about me as a person. So the moment you accept that compliment and you allow yourself to enjoy it, you'll give your give control of yourself to that person. You'll go to great lengths in order to continue to be special to that person. You'll be in constant fear lest he meet someone who will become special to him. You will be dislodged from the special position you occupy in his life. And you'll constantly be dancing to his tunes, living up to his expectations. In doing so, you'll find you have lost your freedom. You've made yourself dependent on him for your happiness, for you have made your happiness depend on his judgment of you. Um, I mean, obviously, that's talking about human approval, you know, and wanting to be approved by others. But I think that comes from self, too, you know, like uh, wanting to, like, approve of ourselves, you know, like and just, yeah, whether our successes or our failures make up our identity either way, you know, like that can't be what it's based on. That's uh, perfectly worded because uh, that like he said, that's true about people just as it is God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as, as we were uh, talking about expectations of God and uh, people are the same way. Like just what what you think they expect you uh, to be or to do. Uh, so you want to live up to that uh, as not to impress them, but as to um, not disappoint them. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I think it's pretty like amazing the fact that you know the father doesn't want us to be slaves of you know one another's approval because I feel like he's the only person that can really truly esteem a person and uh you know if he gives you the the gift of your identity which is something he gives you no one can take that away even on your best day you can't grow it and on your worst day you can't lose it and I feel like it's the perfect place to be like in an individual walk with God to know that you know, people all around you to encourage you, but they don't make you and they can't break you either. Like, you know, you are who I say you are. You will be who I say you will be. You will do and you are able to do all the things I say you can do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that God alone desires to 
place our, I guess you could say, limits on us, which we're really not limited at all because the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do all things through Christ. So, I mean, like, our restrictions aren't limited. So we can't allow other people to limit them. Amen, man. Man, that's good, man. Our uh, approval comes from him, not people. I guess with the whole works uh, focus that a lot of us have, uh, we could kind of go on all day, I, I, I feel like, about what the source of that is and maybe what's said in churches and what we've made faith to be. Um, but uh, what do you see as, I guess, kind of like a solution or a step in the right direction in uh, how we even talk about what it means to follow Jesus um, to deter people from getting caught up in that in the first place. The main thing would be to uh, focus their attention on Christ in the New Testament for uh, a good long period of time <laughs> when they start to realize that, uh, that it's a, uh, it's, that everything's about Jesus, the whole Bible from start to finish. And if you go somewhere in the middle and you don't understand Christ yet, who you are in him, you don't yet understand, uh, the new Testament, um, about, you know, what it is to be a Christ follower, then be careful in the old Testament. That's what I'd tell them is because you're reading about a performance based mentality uh, through half of over half of the Bible, and then when you come into the New Testament, uh, you really need to shift your focus uh, upon, you know, that Christ uh, is the effort. That is the, the the focal point now is faith and believing uh, in someone else's effort. Um, and the Old Testament, given that you know they did believe God and they trusted God, uh, but they were always trying to achieve. Uh, by, you know, achieving uh, the law and different things. And even before the law was ever written, um, people just had a, uh, a uh, earn God's, you know, approval uh, mindset. And the whole time, God had, you know, a plan to rid people of that. And so what would help people the most, I think, is to uh, focus on Christ and learn about Him and Pray about um, pray about faith, uh, increasing their faith, and to increase their faith is to learn about Christ. The more they learn about Christ, uh, the the higher their faith level goes, um, because the the focus really shifts off of their self and and on Him, and that's when things really start. In my opinion, that's when really uh, things start changing uh, in their life, their day to day life, real life. Uh, their character, their the way they see people too. I mean, before I understood grace, um, I seen people in their performance too. That's how I viewed them. Uh, so it was a whole lot easier to judge people um, and and not really love them. And now when I see somebody, despite how crazy the sin seems, you know, uh, I just see them as somebody who don't yet understand how much God loves them. Um, I don't see them as that good for nothing, crazy, you know, sinner, whatever it is. I don't care if it's drugs, uh, sex, whatever it is uh, that they think is so big in their minds that defines them. Uh, I absolutely do not see people like that anymore. And there's so many changes that have happened, man. We've just touched on a few 
But, uh, man, some of my thoughts are coming back to me now. Earlier, I lost my train of thought about just the, the, the independence uh, because um, everything that we do in the flesh, man, it, it, it represents something that's happening spiritually, you know? So when we, when we want to be independent, uh, and, uh, physically it's, it's, it's because, uh, you know, spiritually, uh, independence is, you know, I think that it's in Christ. So it's, it's almost like as we grow older and as we re assume responsibility, uh, it's like the opposite is true in the spirit. Like uh, as we rely on Christ, uh, as we assume the responsibility of a Christian spiritually, um, we have to rely totally on him. It, you have to be totally dependent upon him 24-7 or it will totally fail. The number one thing that could help people, that helped me, is a focus shift off of self-performance and upon Christ's performance and yeah. stop asking yourself, did I do enough? Uh, start asking yourself, did Christ do enough? Is he enough? See the value in Christ. And and the more you do that, and the more you value Christ, the happier you'll become. You'll have joy that doesn't come from a performance base. It comes from uh, what Christ has done. And so you can have true joy. I used to, I actually prayed this once, Josh, this is hilarious. But I actually prayed this once. I literally said, okay, God, either all these hippity-hoppity jumping around Christians are full of crap and they're all hypocrites, or they uh, have something that I don't have or understand something that I don't understand. And if it's just something that I don't understand, because I've prayed you in my heart, I, I believe in you, or I would never even have said it out of my mouth when I was 13, 14 years old. So... I've always had you on my mind uh, through growing up, but I'm just not happy like that. <laughs> I'm just not. And and so I was just bluntly honest with God. And what he showed me was they weren't full of it and they weren't hypocrites. Their joy was coming from not was not coming from themselves. Their joy was not performance based. Those people that I asked him about were not happy because they did good that day or they read enough scriptures to feel like they now are 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 pleasing God and uh that's what he showed me man he actually answered that prayer that's as crazy and blunt and just straightforward as it was he showed me the exact answer to that prayer is that they are that happy and it's because of what I've done for them it's not because of anything they could do for me mm. Mic drop. Right. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So, so true. Like uh, a, a shift. Like you said, in like the finished work of Jesus is the only thing. Because, I mean, until you know who like your God is, you'll never know what you're able to trust him and believe him for. Some of the things that helped me even early on was like I was just trying to get like uh, just a like a base, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was reading the Bible and I was full of these doubts about like the whole thing. Like I was just like, and I, and I was like, just Lord, I need like some, some of the basic, like just, uh, 
you know, stepping stones to faith. Like I have no idea like that I doubted these things. And, you know, I had these doubts my whole life, but finally I was like, all right, Lord, I want you to just show me some super basic things that I can, that will help me. And I was ashamed to even like admit or go to somebody about it because, you know, it was stuff within me. So these years ago, man, God showed me some crazy things, man, that are just really funny. So I'll mention just a couple. So one of the things he showed me is the apostles are not superheroes. And back then, you wouldn't have even known this is such and such the amazing Peter or anything like that. He's just some dude. He's just like Josh Mozug, and he's not going to claim his fame until thousands of years later as the superhero in these writings that is long dead. And, you know, he's just, uh, you know, these people are just fishermen. They're tax collectors, normal, uh, uh, you know, nine to five workers, factory workers. You know, they're burger flippers. Uh, they're people who, you know, are all around you. Calvin's one of them. You know what I mean? And what, I just started seeing them, the truth in the gospel, too. Like, uh, for example, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so some, I've heard people argue before, like, how come they're not all the same? How come one says this, some, one says three people, one says two, and about little bitty tiny details, okay? So the Lord showed me about how if it was all, like, just planned out, all right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John got together and was just like, hey, let's all write. And then every single book would be, you know, would start out the exact same, and it would be word for word exact, right? But if someone's writing from their own perspective, then let's say me, you, and Calvin are following Christ around, and we don't know where the, you know, future apostles and all this. So Josh has got his journal with him. Calvin, you got yours, and I got mine, all right? So we're sitting there, and uh, Jesus goes over to um, to speak to some, some people. And before he does, he says, hey, Josh, I want you to go into town and get us some food for tonight. So go get some meat, some fish, and, and some bread. And Josh is like, gotcha, I'm on my way. And Josh takes off. So me and Calvin are left there with Jesus, and... We walk up to him, and let's just say he's at a well, and he's speaking to a girl. And me and Calvin are sitting there writing away, and we're like, "Dude, Jesus is at the well, you know." And he's—he's—he's. He's, this is what he's. This is what he's saying. Or just our reflections on the day, when the day is finished. We're thinking back, you know. This is what Christ uh, done today. And me and Calvin are writing about the well and how uh, Jesus spoke to a Samaritan woman, and he told her all about, you know, everything she had done, and. Uh, so this woman takes off running into town, passes Josh up, and you know Josh is just still on the way, and tells all the townspeople. So Josh sees a lot of the townspeople coming down the road toward him, and they pass him up, and he's like, "Man, they must be going to Jesus. I'm missing something." <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is, my journal and Calvin's journal is going to look a lot different. Yeah, Josh's is going to look a lot different because he wasn't even there for that. You know what I mean? And uh, and me and Calvin, we might be two totally different ages, and we might be two uh, people at uh, at different places too. So let's say I'm on the right side of Jesus, and I'm hearing everything that he says, 
And so I'm writing these details in my journal later that are just really intricate like John does, you know, and he was right beside Jesus. I mean, he could like hear his breath, you know what I mean? And he's just writing all these details, just like the uh, at the Last Supper, only John knew that uh, that who would betray Christ, you know. So he was writing that in his, and you don't find it in, uh, in the others, so or not in all of the others. So what I'm trying to say is, man, God just try, started showing me that, that validates the truth of the gospel. It doesn't. So some people are like this. This is why I can't believe. And I'm. I, I argue that is exactly why I do believe. And I start to explain. You know. So I've ran into a lot of different things where along the way God actually showed me um, that a lot of the reasons why people argue that they can't believe are actually reasons to believe. Yeah. It actually proves that the Bible was not. Uh, you know, uh, written all down at the same time from the same perspective. Uh, it was eyewitnessed by not just tens of thousands, but millions of people. And uh, and the best witness is an eyewitness. Someone who eyewitnesses something will not soon deny what they eyewitnessed. They'll even go to their death swearing that they seen what they seen. And that's what you see in the Gospels, man, the 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 uh, apostles were ready to give up when Christ uh, rose again. They didn't know what to do. Some of them, one of them said, I'm going to go back to fishing. And so, you know, Peter just went back to fishing. They're like, I'm going with them. But when they, when they seen, uh, or before, when Christ died and before he rose again, uh, they just went, you know, I'm just going back to fishing. So when he appears to them after he's, they seen him die, and here he is appeared to them alive, they freak out so much that from that point on, they spread the gospel like crazy. They won't be shut up. They can't be beat into submission. No one can shut them up because they eyewitnessed something that they were not going to be shut up about. And just the truth like that, man, just really popped at me like, oh, my God. These dudes are just average, everyday, mistake-making crazy dudes that God has totally transformed and used for his sake. And they weren't perfect through the whole thing, man. So they even argued like it would be like me, you and Calvin arguing about who's the best, you know, who, who's, you know, who, who, uh, no, 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 Josh, Josh done this, man. He's, he's, he's got us both beat. And, you know, you know, they, that's the way they thought they, and, uh, and God used them to do amazing things. And, you know, that just makes me it makes me want to tell people about the Lord. It makes me want to, you know, spread the gospel. It's it's uh, you know, he don't uh I think one time somebody was telling me whenever I was about to go to Uganda that uh that I better not go over there cuz I might get killed and God hasn't called me. You know, he hasn't personally told me in like a voice or a dream, or specifically said, Jesse, go to Uganda. And mm -hmm. someone actually told me that. And I started praying, and I was like, Lord, you really need to tell me, because I don't want to die. And I was just like, almost like, and, and, and almost like not considering not going. And it was like the, the Lord just started showing me that, hey, he, he don't, God doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't call the qualified. Uh, 
he qualifies you. Like he, he is the qualifier to, if you something's in your heart that you want to do it, just do it. If it's, if it's, you want to love on somebody or buy somebody some groceries or anything, anything, just, just do it, man. You don't have to wait uh, for God to come and, you know, uh, put a sword on your left ear and right ear, ear and tell you that you've been knighted and, you know, now he wants you to go. And uh, I just started to realize that a lot of these guys that did awesome things in the Bible, man, they were just like you and me, man. And they were just uh, things like that really kind of built my faith, man. And I stopped. I did something else, man, that was like uh, that really just, I don't know, it's like the Lord just revealed it to me. He was like, there's certain things you need to just settle in your heart forever. Okay, there's certain things that every Christian, every Christ follower needs to just settle in their heart forever and never go back to and never try to, uh, you know, bring that back up. And a lot of those things were were simple things like my salvation being secure in him and him being enough. And so the only reason I go back to it now is to share it with other people. That's, you know, that's the core of my joy and my peace. Dude, thinking about even like Peter's story, like he was a guy who was like Jesus's right hand man. He had like all types of temper problems. He was just an everyday fisherman dude who walked on water, who also was the same guy who denied Jesus three times, who ended up being the same guy by the power of the spirit to like be one of the greatest church leaders known like in the New Testament. I mean, it goes to show, like, you know, even though his faith wasn't at a place where it was just like, I believe Jesus all the time and I never yeah. faltered. Like, God worked <laughs> through the times that he just said yes and stepped out. You know, I feel like that's one of the uh, one of the ways that God moves us to believe him for more things is when we step out to meet him and like the little stuff. Hey, man, man, Peter. One, <laughs> have you? Uh, one, I remember years ago, man. I heard this message that just blew my mind, man. And it was about, um, it was about uh, God's love and how dependent when you're dependent upon Christ's love for you, uh, it's totally different than being dependent upon like your your what you can do for him. So, for example, in this message, he was mentioning Peter, and he was saying. You know, uh, look at the difference between Peter and John. And he said, okay, they're both saved. They're both born again. They're both going to heaven. And he was saying that there's basically two different kinds of Christians that live on the earth today just like them. Okay, they're both saved. They're both born again. They're both going to heaven. And one is really focused upon their own performance and what they can do for God. So this is an example of Peter in this case. So Peter uh, was like a... um, and this was just an example of how self-effort fails even before the night's over. And he's like, Jesus was saying, you know, you'll deny me. And he's like, look, even if everyone else denies you, I'll never deny you. I will never, ever, ever deny. So he's boasting of what he can do for God, right? And before the night's even over with, it just failed, utterly failed, okay? So, and John, on the other hand, in the, the Last Supper, you know, he was... uh Leaning on Jesus's chest, a, a, a an, an obvious sign of relying on uh, God's love for him, and he actually wrote in his own gospels. This is cool. He actually wrote. You'll never read it in any other gospels uh, as the one Jesus loved. 
you'll only find it in John. And what's crazy is it's his own gospel. So John is writing this about himself. It'd be like, you know, Calvin's journal reading, you know, now Jesus turned, instead of saying, turn to me and said, it, it would read, now Jesus turned to the one that he loves and says, you know, this. And you, I think it's like mentioned four or five times. Yeah. But, but uh, John was the only one who would refer to himself as the one Jesus loves. So he's not saying that God loves him more, but what he's doing is he's just practicing the love of God for him. He, he's, he's showing that he's dependent upon uh, God's love for him. He's not saying, I'm going to do this for you, or I'll never do this, or I'll never do that bad. Uh, you know what I mean? And so uh, at the cross, the only one left was John. And he looked down at John and said, you know, hey, uh, behold your mother, you know, and he was basically telling John, you know, my, my earthly mother, Mary, that had me in this, you know, this body and uh, please take care of her and because I'm going to no longer be here. So Jesus was was asking John to do that for him. And John was the only one there. Everyone else was scattered. So I guess there's a lot of examples uh, of like what what Christ's uh, relying on Christ's efforts versus like self-effort in the Bible. And uh, uh, there's another one real quick was when uh, Jesus only mentioned, I think, twice ever that he, or it's not mentioned more than twice that Jesus marveled at someone's faith. Okay? So the only two examples uh, were, you'd think it'd be some Jewish person that, you know, understood all the laws and just really just, you know, uh, stuck to them and just, but it wasn't at all, man. It was actually uh, two um, people that were not Jewish at all. And they, the one was a soldier and, uh, and he was saying that, you know, I, uh, I understand authority and I tell somebody to do it. They do it. So just say the word. I understand you're in authority. I see what you do. Whatever you say happens. Whatever I say happens too. Um, and so I understand if you just say it, it'll be done. And a servant was healed. And the other one was a Samaritan woman that uh, just believed him uh, when he said she was healed. So, um, and, and Jesus marveled at them both. The only thing that those two have in common is that neither one of them understood all the laws and, and, and uh, what would be the performance-based mentality. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just simply heard Jesus, believed him, and accepted what he said as true and wanted to do what was right because of you know his love for him. So and uh, and that's the only thing they have in common. The soldier has nothing in common with the other lady that you know except uh, except that you know. So uh, that's yeah. good, man. So Jesse, we'll get uh, wrapping up. Do you have any okay. like closing thoughts? Uh closing thoughts. I love you, Josh. I, I really do. I love you too, cousin. You're a brother to me, man. And I really appreciate you, buddy. 
I really love your your character, your love for people, and it blows me away sometimes, man. Just uh, just being related to you, man. It's it's awesome, man. We could have been born at any time. We had no control over who we would be related to. We had no control over, you know, who our friends would be. And, you know, you could have been born in the 1800s. You could have been, born, you could have been, you could have been, you know, before Christ even came. But, you know, God knew us both before we were born, man. And he wanted us to be, you know, uh, comrades in this life. So it's, it's awesome to know you, Josh. And I really appreciate you, man. I love you, man. It's an honor to, to be related to you. And I appreciate you, brother. Same man, cousins, cousins by birth, brothers, friends, brothers choice. and friends by choice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much, Jesse, just for sitting down and talking with us. Just want to encourage anyone listening that uh, yeah, no matter who you are, rest in God's love for you and uh, the work that Jesus did on the cross, um, and the fact that the work's already been done. It's not something that we have to achieve or earn, but He's faithful and resting in who he is and getting our eyes off of ourselves really makes all the difference in the world. And he will do great things even with the little that we have. One thing real quick I didn't touch on, uh, let the, let God die is I really, really like the, uh, (laughs) the let God die, uh, theme and just the, uh, just the whole saying, because, uh, really, I had to let that uh, false God, that my perceptions of who God was, I had to let that die because that's not really who he was. And so just just the, the thought of why you, you know, created this and why you started it, um, I'm 100% for it, man. I think it's awesome because uh, that God that, that, that people think that uh, – they know God to be is a false God. That's not even who God is. And that God, uh, needs to die. It's not truly God. It's, it's uh, a false perception of who they think God is. And that was my, my false perception was that a God of high expectations of self-effort that I could never achieve. And that God was an anger, an angry God full of wrath and waiting to, you know, uh, any, many, money, mo the lightning bolts down to earth and the bad things. And I was just in total fear of ever meeting him face to face. And that was a false perception of God that I had that had to die for the real God to uh, live and become alive in my heart. And the real God of love and mercy and grace, man, just totally pushed that false God out of my heart, man. So I'm totally for it, Josh. I, 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 I'll help promote it in any way, man. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Yeah, that's all we have for uh, this week with Jesse. If anyone wants to check out the website, it's letgoddie.com. We have a page on there if you want to support what we're doing. Um, you can also subscribe on iTunes. And that's about it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. 